cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. The ground is soft, it's not... It's oh, it's not, heavy. Soft on time. It's, it's heavy. Okay. Hello and a big welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry Sunday Sermon Goodwood special and Galway, of course, because uh, we've got uh, a full panel to go through uh, the, the week's affairs with our very best bets. And with me tonight, as always, is John Ling of John Joe's Blogspot. Hello, John. Amen. We've got uh, we've got Bickley fourteen uh, off Twitter. Andy Richmond, um, former racing TV pundit, and we've got Catherine Fry, a lovely Catherine Fry, to go through the uh, plots over at uh, Galway this week. Um, yeah, so it's it's going to be a great show hopefully. And uh, before we get on to the um, bets, um, did everyone enjoy the King George yesterday? Yes, even I yes. did. I mean, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw some posts on Twitter, you know, like saying, you know, they, they were, they couldn't cheer the owner on, but they were, <laughs> they were cheering the, you know, the, the actual horse and connections, yeah. obviously with a with with derby, you know, derby yeah. connotations that we, everyone wanted a derby winner to go on and produce, and uh, and he certainly did that. John, have you did you have any views on the race? How does that stand ratings wise with you, etc.? And and what 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 did you think for the performance of Adair yesterday? I think he's on course to prove himself a very good derby winner. Yeah. Um, he, he's not there yet for me. Um, I gave him one two five for that yesterday. I think there's some little ways to go. But I don't see any reason why he can't make the the other say five pound up and get him into the the one thirties. You know, I think he's. Uh, He's good enough. Where would where would you where would you go with him next? That's a tricky one, really. I mean, because we've got the Grand Prix winner to think about as well, and I can't see him wanting to clash. Um, one of them, I would imagine, would go for the Irish champion. Hmm. Um, I think possibly the Grand Prix horse, because they might they might be under the impression that's got more speed. Um, yeah, I think, think that's a good shout. I think uh, that's a good shout. Now that this one's proven itself on quick ground, I mean, it has opened up options right at the back end where you could maybe, I, I wouldn't necessarily think a tight American track would sell him, but if they were careful with him, you wouldn't roll the Japan Cup out, would you? Now, it's interesting because like we've, we've kind of neglected the Japan Cup, really. Obviously, you know, it's a race that, Obviously, the Japanese are enormous on the betting turnover, and that's enormous. The prize money is enormous. But in recent times, we've not really um, done a deal over there. It'd be interesting what 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 uh, what, what comes from this. Um, Andy, what did you think to um, uh, the performance yesterday from ADR? Did Love run a race? Do you think? Uh, possibly not. I think it was a bit of a. It ended up a bit of a mess at the start, didn't it? I'm not sure what Broome was. Uh, was doing but the overriding thought for me like john i have him just about a pound higher so this you know splitting hairs there really 
Um, I thought he did a very good job having been very, very, I thought he was keen enough early on and I thought mm, that could be a bit of a downfall, but he didn't have to stay on well. Um, and as John has said, I mean, it's nice to see a Derby winner going on and winning the King George because I think that's what everybody wanted. Um, I suppose you could look at it and think, well, uh, if you look at some Mark's Basilica against form against Mishrif, I, to be honest with you, I think Adiar is. I, I I would go I would go I would go the arc with him with Adiar yeah. and try and come back in trip with Hurricane Lane as John says to the Irish champion something like that. Um, I can't see him clashing. I can't see him running both in the arc. Mm. Um, and that's where I'd have I'd have them probably in one two three order at the moment. Adiar just slightly in front of Hurricane Lane. I'm not sure I trust the Coral Eclipse form completely. Yeah. Uh, and I'd certainly have, I'd want to see St. Mark's Basilica do that again, but I thought it was a very good performance. And I thought William Burek did a, you know, excellent job on him, um, having pulled very hard early on. Um, and after about sort of three furlongs, I got him, eventually got him settled. And uh, it was a, you know, it was a good performance. Um, there's a few wild cards hanging around though still, aren't they? Um, you know, horses like Manobo. Oh, uh, yeah. there's, a, yeah. there's a few there's a few dark horses still um you know holding you know holding their own but uh, i thought it was excellent and and again it, it, you know i saw another question today sort of winners and losers from the you know training and and um uh jockey ranks this year maybe we'll come on to that later uh but i think you know you'd have to certainly say that uh, mr appleby of the charlie variety um, was is certainly one of the winners of the season. He's had a fabulous season, even though he got done by the old pandemic yesterday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> overall, God, overall, God, a good performance. Yeah, uh, well, I agree both your sentiments, you and John, there, Catherine. Um, who, who, I'll put it to you then, Catherine, right? Mm. In a match, in a match race, who would win, Hurricane Lane or Adair? Adair. Like so, you know, given given like even look, you think Adair is superior? Yeah, I, mean, I do. I think what um what what impressed me yesterday. Two things about the winner that impressed me was to go that keen early on, but to have that much left at the end, and to also be on ground that he probably isn't totally at home on. He has got quite a high action at the knee. I I was I was very impressed. So, you go back to the old adage of good horses go on any ground and you can yeah. certainly make that make the case for that um i don't think love would have won but she didn't get the greatest ride i don't think um mm-hmm. i thought david egan on mischief was fantastic you know he was proper i mean you why when you've got a horse like now look i'm not a jockey fine they might answer this when you've got a horse like love underneath you why are you hanging around waiting to see what what your pacemaker is doing you know just i i just that boils my brains i don't understand it and she was hanging like a gate off the bend she really was and then all chances gone when david egan comes around and, and gets absolutely outrides by him or keeps him in um, but, you know, they're fighting for the placings anyway. But I thought that was a superior performance yesterday. And um, I'm delighted to see a derby when I go and do it. Because when I think back to like the derbies that I saw as a kid and maybe in recent years, they've been a bit of a piss take. I think this year we've seen a proper derby and I think that's brilliant for the sport. Great comments. Great stuff. Yes. Um, 
I view it very similar to, to all of you, really. Um, I don't think Love ran a, ran a race. I don't think Love's been the same filly this year. I think it was a substandard Prince of Wales she won. Um, it's interesting to hear Andy's and John's ratings um, uh, uh, with that AR. Uh, 125, John, one, two, was it 126, Andy, or 126? Yeah. yeah, I was 124. I might be too generous. That would bring Love out at 116 which I think has been a bit generous because I'm not quite sure, because that would mean Mishriff has totally ran its race. I'm not sure Mishriff's in the same form as what he was when he was getting the old old big, big, big Dubai jukes out there <laughs> and the big Saudi Arabian jukes macheted in. Um, but, but yeah, um, apart from that, um, I can't disagree with anything. Um, St. Mark's Basilica, obviously, is the other one into the equation for the Mana Quarter races. That'll be a fascinating clash if Hurricane Lane drops back. I don't I don't think there's much much between them, um, if I'm honest. Um, but what a great race, and I agree with all, all that's been said. Right, we move on to um next topic of yesterday, which was pain for me. The, the, I tell you what this was like. This was like landing on Regent Street for me, right? Pain the hotel, you know, the old hotel, someone's got a hotel. And then and then you know you sh- you, you, you then land on Mayfair following up. I mean the ride yesterday the ride yesterday on Fantastic Fox is possibly one of the most bizarre things I think I've ever seen. Um, and so not only did I have a, a, a large <laughs> pile on that before the race, I thought what I'll do is to cover my to cover my, my problems, I'll I'll save the stake on Marsabit in running because Marsabit under Holly Doyle had the easiest lead ever. So I so I, so I I completed the, the task of doing the lotting um, on that race, and I was absolutely furious. But John, what did you, what did what did you think of uh, SDF yesterday? Well, once Tinkler was out, I thought it was plain sailing. So I just got yeah. stuck in. So I was absolutely aghast, to be honest. I couldn't uh, couldn't really believe it. I mean, I mean, the amount of ground. He, he gave was I mean I, I right I, I get I saw the horse on the way to post got the red hood on it was getting hot and bothered uh, I don't mind that the the sweating negatives are all rubbish sweat there's no data on sweating to say any horse runs pause when sweating it's 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 a natural reaction for a horse to to cool itself down I I don't I don't really agree um but so I won't bother about that it was just the fact that it looked a bit keen to purse, bit you know, a bit a bit bit buzzed up, and you're thinking this might pull its absolute nuts off. So I get the initial out of the stalls, let's just drop it in. But then <laughs> you know, it's like there's that after that, he just sat and sat and sat and, and did didn't move. And it's just astonishing, really. I mean, Andy, did you did you watch that race? I, I did. Um from the point of fact I was probably watching Guru more than anything. Um, not because ah. I backed him, but just because I just thought he went, actually, I always thought this also had a bit of a screw loose. Um, yeah. He actually went a lot better since he's been gilded and fitted with a pair of blinkers as well. And I'm feeling he might make up into a Cambridgeshire um, horse in some in some ways. I was also keeping an eye on latest generation, but it was he was very keen to post, wouldn't he, Fantastic Fox? And I always think with horses like that, Having let him stride on last time out, why not do it this time in a race where there wasn't any natural pace in it anyhow? And yeah. with the horse, of, you know, sometimes when you've just let you know, horses, again, I'm not a rider, but you've seen enough races now and, and you see them and you think, well, just let the horse stride. Sometimes when you let them go on, they actually settle better when you just let them stride on. And, you know, it was a, it was a, it seemed a cast iron opportunity 
to let the horse stride on and see if he did settle better in front, having gunned him from the front last time out. Seems yeah, a bit for strange. For, for sure. I mean, I mean, I think, I think, I said to John today. John was still obviously still perplexed by the ride this morning, and and I said to John, um, I, I I think those tactics were were made up well before the race. In other words, you've gone like a lunatic last time. They also ran too free. Let's drop him. I reckon that was pre-decided and that was that because it was just, there was absolutely no attempt. To, it was it was sort of Spencer-esque on one of his non-buzzers, um, you know, where he just, he just, he just, he just sits there. Um, and it just, it was, it was rather bizarre. Uh, but then that's the, that's the kind of season I think SDS is having. I mean, John, do you think, uh, future-wise for King Power, what 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 should King Power do, and do you think King Power will do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, do they ever sack anybody? They're I mean, very loyal people. Yeah, yeah I mean, all, all that seems to be happening is that the ranks of trainers that they owe seem to be ever expanding. They don't seem as though they've dropped anybody. Um, yeah. You could probably find that. SDS is still riding for him in five years. God alone knows what his mental state will be by then because, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, he's absolutely twitching now, isn't he? Really? I mean, he's, he's just riding like a man divided confidence. Well, his last 60 rides at Ascot, one winner. I mean, that's that's horrendous. You, yeah, know, you, can, you can imagine what he's sat on. I mean, mm. you know. King yeah, Power did um, did sack the manager who made who won him the Premiership or the Premier League. <laughs> Actually, that's very very good. Yeah, I mean, I used me say ah, but do you they know, do you know what? they've moved on from a few people there, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, only thing. Yeah, that that's that's actually a good call on that. Yeah. Mm. Maybe, maybe then it's time for SDS. I think, like I said, John John summed this up many a time on past episodes when he said um, SDS would be far better to ride him for the kilt up on the northern gaps, <laughs> bel- belting out the traps, you know, making every punter in in the north happy because Joe Fanning ain't sat on it nursing away two out, and it's it's the full SDS drive at Beverly up the hill, did a third and a half hour. Did you see the kilt interview yesterday? There was a little pace racing TV were putting out, saying how fasc- fascinating it was that he never tells anybody to lead. <laughs> Honestly, I, I didn't see that. Yeah, um, I mean, the one conversation I had with the kilt over was uh, when I, I was talking about giving instructions to jockeys, and he said, "Well, I'll train two thousand winners." And I said, <laughs> I've never given a jockey an instruction in my life. <laughs> And I said, well, if sounds right. Yeah. I said, well, if you give an instruction, you might have trained 3,000. That sounded like an extra thing, very hot. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was in the conversation, you know. I thought that sounded like uh, Makada from Blackadder, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. Anyway, mm. sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, just, well, yeah, spot spot on, John. I mean, I mean Jesus. I mean, I, I can't believe the man's trained that many. I think that's the thing. And and thing is, we've got it this week, folks. We've got the Mark Johnston 
brigade turning up at Goodwood and, you know, the, the, the bingo card will be in operation. You know, how many winners he'll train. For some bizarre reason, he does do well at Goodwood. But, you know, it's, it's all scattergun approach. It's yeah, a bit like Mick yeah, a bit like Mick Windmill, you know. I mean, it's just it's the same sort of same sort of approach. Um, speaker, okay, we've got another question from John Hines, um, and he says the uh, good listener of the show is John, good good knowledgeable in running punter, uh, and he says, uh, who among the trainers jockeys who have been the winners and lo- who has been the winners and losers so far this season? Obviously, we've just touched on Charlie Appleby, um, who's had a you know, having a fantastic season, um, Catherine. I'll come to you because have you have you any have you sort of any training? Because we've got Galway this week, mm-hmm. and I'm interested to know like who would be say your trainer or trainers to follow maybe at Galway this week. Aside from the obvious, um, probably like the maybe small smaller trainers in Ireland that that do well with what they've got. So, um, like, obviously, uh, two two of the local trainers, um, Paul Gilligan and Norman Lee, and then, like, looking at um, people like Matthew Smith and people like that, that, yeah, yeah, um, that's how I would approach Galway, aside from your obvious multiple entries from the usual suspects. Um, in terms of, I've, as you know, I kind of dip in and out of the flat season. I only really tend to watch um, the top class stuff. But um, it seems to me that um, God awful are um, sort of seemingly back up there in amongst the top ranks because they did kind of fall a bit. Um, but I, I think it's healthy to have that competition. You don't. I know um, John will agree with this. You don't want to see derbies with 14 O'Brien horses and when the pacemaker shifts them all off the corner and then goes and wins. You know, you don't know who wants to watch that. It's a load of crap. So I think as as much competition as you can have in, in any code is, is, is the key to it, really. Yeah, good stuff. So Norman Lee is an interesting trainer to look at runners this week at Galway. Um Andy, have you have you any winners and losers this season? Like, who, who do you, who are you liking this season? Who are you not like? Well, one of them we've already we mentioned in our preamble, Grant Shewer, who's having an absolutely tremendous. I mean, I'm old enough to remember his father uh, trainer Edwin, who I was always Edwin, a yeah. big fan of. Um, but he's had a tremendous. He's had a couple more winners. He's got 32. I think he's had 32 winners from about 126, seven runners now. Um, and if you look at his sort of percentage runners beaten, they, you know, it really is up there. I mean, and his winners above expected to get a bit of a statistical angle. And he's like, he's 10 in front of where he should be on the sort of SPs. And, you know, we were talking about, I've just seen him interviewed on, you know, uh, on um, RTV talking about the racing league. Um, and it's a very, and he makes some very, very salient points about it. Uh, and just looking sort of through the sort of Twitter sphere since then as well. I mean, you've got owners like Lawrence Bellman, who's put an enormous amount of money into the game, um, who can't run his horses in this racing league thing, um, which maybe we'll get onto in a minute. But certainly Grant Chew will be one of my um, stars for this year. And a couple of a couple of younger, well, one younger jockey, Marco Gianni, um, who I know Stuart Williams has sort of promoted heavily and Godolphin have used a little bit as well. Um, he's really caught my eye this year. And one lad who's been around for ages and I always think does a 
no, there's a really, really solid job in David Probert. You very rarely yeah. see him run a, ride a bad, a poor race or what people would consider a poor race. Really nice lad, very quiet and starting to get some really decent rides now. I mean, I wouldn't have any problem backing him anywhere at all. And sort of out of the left field and Catherine might have come across this young man as well. Wesley Joyce has caught my eye in Ireland. Uh-huh. So he had 24 rides this year and five winners. Um, and he seems to be a young apprentice who's gone a little bit under the radar. Uh, I know the flavour of the month over there, uh, who's riding very well, and she rode a good winner yesterday, was Siobhan Rutledge. But Wesley Joyce, keep an eye out for him. And, and one, again, bit left field over here. I th- every time I see her ride, I think she's ridden some good races. Uh, is Grace McEntee, Phil McEntee. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's excellent as well. It's gone a, a little bit, you know, under not quite under the radar, but um, I think she's, you know, I think she's ridden pretty well. As for people who sort of losers, um, I think Mick Appleby's had a really poor season. Um, you know, there's yeah. always this all, you know, South, I know we haven't had Sutherland for a while and we've only got one one more meeting on the fibre sand there. Uh, and the Crisfords as well, since they did, they, they underperformed as well. And, and as a jockey, a jockey I really like round Haydock, who's very, very good round there. But Richard Kingscote seems to have not gone backwards, but he doesn't seem to be as used as much. He's certainly not, I wouldn't say he's riding badly at all, but he just doesn't seem to um, be firing as, as well as he was. And he's a jockey I really do like. Yeah, I mean, I, John, liked, John sort of half wanted Kingscote to, to sort of get stout job, John, didn't you? Mm. Well, um, I mean, you know, it, it's it kind of it kind of suit for now. Uh, I mean, I know John also mentioned Spencer for stout job, but um, he'd probably be stopping off of him anyway. Um, <laughs> probably, I, remember, 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 lawyers. I use the word probably or poss- possibly. Possibly. <laughs> um, anyway, um, not insinuating Jamie would do anything like that. Um, John, uh, so what would what would what are you what are your success stories in the trainers and jockey ranks this season? I think um, a fairly obvious success story is Willie Haggis. I think mm. it is now progressed into the not not just the bespoke handmade shagging shirts. <laughs> <laughs> no longer off the peg, shall we say? Um, I, I think he's now in that league where. You're going to be saying every year, which one do you think is Haggis's derby horse? Mm. Where, you, you know, I think only the very best trainers get into that league. And I think he's definitely up there now. Where, yeah. you know, you're going to start eyeing his seventh row along Juveniles with just increasing suspicion towards the back end of the season. Um, as re- regards the, uh, the jockey situation, Again, I'd, I'd just put a, a huge question mark over SDS. I, th- I think he, he's having major problems and uh, I'd, I'd be very wary of himself there. Um, and actually, the stout yard that you mentioned earlier, I, I think they're in absolute terminal decline at the moment. I can't say what's going to do to turn it round. They had regal reality today, run an absolutely appalling race. So, really. Yeah. Take that month, the start of the season, which I think I mentioned on the podcast, I thought might well be a false dawn. Yeah. Uh, They've been running absolute 
rancid really haven't they you know yeah I mean, I mean, another jockey that you mentioned, John, was Siobhan Rutledge. Uh, right. Andy just, you know, I, I watched it the other night. I think she, I think it's also called Beleagament at Gowran, and and geez, I mean, she's 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 very very good. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, big things for Siobhan Rutledge. Was that um, the, on the one yesterday where she stuck on the inside rail? On the inside rail, yeah. Yeah. And a, yeah. a lot of jockeys, especially you know, like sort of not 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 fully fledged, not not got the wings yet. You know, might have just bottled that gap, and might have just you know yeah. maybe took a pull, but it's, nah, you know, get out of the way. You know, she's she she's made of made of iron. Um, yeah, anybody wants to go and watch that ride, the horse called Beleagament in the two fifty at Gorham Park yesterday. Yeah, it, was a, it really was a you know a ball. <laughs> Sounds strange to say this, but a ballsy ride, shall we say? Yeah, very brave. Um, you know, a lot of jockeys wouldn't wouldn't have taken that or or, or attempted it, but no, I thought it was excellent. Um, I mean, obviously the uh, the the ones for me uh, this season already been mentioned. Obviously, my trainer Grant Shewer, just terrific season. Um, trying to th- think applaud it's for others but Marco Gianni I think it's brilliant but do you know what 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 lit my world up yesterday was the interview from Rosie Margerson on yeah. after, after, yeah. after she after she'd won the the diamond the ladies diamonds thing I mean if, if ever if you cannot raise a smile or you can't like just you, you if it's so uplifting um and I, I everything about her just her enthusiasm everything about that interview was it was just top top draw. It just she, just she, yeah. she'd broken her ankle and she'd about yeah. three months ago. Uh, yeah, saw a, a a video clip of her sort of getting back to full fitness and everything. Yeah, there's a wonderful picture which I saw today of her sort of going past the line and giving it the full, <laughs> you know, the full yeah, shout. Yeah. Who can you know who can blame her? I mean that was brilliant. Yeah. So she's a massive winner for me. Um, right, move, moving on. Um, just yesterday, just one more recap from yesterday, and we'll go on to like a final question, and then we'll do our bets for the for the meetings ahead. Um, I, I thought the Sky Bet status at York, um, Liam Jones seemed to be going three mile chaser pace on the pace maker. John, <laughs> did you did what did you make to that? I think once he come back in there, I think the shagging shed will shed will have gone over his head as he's bundled into a van bound for Runcorn, and he'll be probably spending the next three weeks in a container with only a bottle to have a peddling. <laughs> uh, Is he recycling it like they do in Black? I would, I would reckon so. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the the train had been sensed, wouldn't he? I mean. Man, you know, for, for me there, the, the favourite Sean is, is the best horse in that race by a considerable margin. I, d- I don't think we've got anything to worry about with that horse. He's, uh, he proved his great one credentials to me there, the way he picked them up off that rotten pace. Yeah, it was re- interesting down the back. It was like 32-33 I saw on, t- on two, one, uh, two furlong splits. I'm think- and I even thought to myself, I'm th- I-, I was sort of tempting, I thought, you know, do I get striping my half in running? I should have done really, but you know, it was one of them. I was thinking, well, you know, it's a class horse. Maybe, maybe it'll still pick them up. And I didn't like Armory. Uh, you know, that was the one. I, so I'm thinking, I'm just not going to play. But yeah, it, it was shocking for my half backers. Must have been seething yesterday with uh, Liam Jones as well as the the shagging shirt. Um, yeah. Um, right, I Andrew. Liam Jones on it though. You know, really. I mean. 
Yeah, it's a strange one. You met Charlie Chase, he's Yorkshire, for God's sake. You know, there's plenty of people up there. You know, when you get a sense sick beer out in the blowing right there and sense sick beer wouldn't he? You know. Yeah, it it had gone faster than 32, 33. They, they actually went faster in the stairs. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> the the two miles they did. Yeah, yeah, in the early stages. Anyway, um, well, Andrew Woodman comes up with a question. Thoughts on? I don't know if any of you you, you people have seen it. Uh, the, it's a, on Star Sports. If you haven't, it's a it's a Terry Ramsden interview. The the, the gambling legend it, yeah. from the eighties and nineties. John, have you seen it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and Andy, have you seen it? I've seen it all by the last part. The, the right. part four, I haven't seen, but yeah. I've seen, I've seen, the, I've seen the other three. Seen enough to have a view. <laughs> yeah, I think. I, I mean, right. So, for anyone that doesn't know, say our younger audience, uh, Terry Ramsden was a legendary gambler in the eighties. You know, stock market player, coming to racing, bought a horse called Katie's, uh, won won the. Irish Guineas in the coronation ended up, you know, punting massive, massive punter, enormous punter, volumes that you certainly couldn't get anywhere near on today. Um, and he was, he was, he was legendary in that way. He wasn't, he was no Barney Curley, as in, you know, he he didn't make the game pay in the end. But um, the first episode I felt was tremendous. I, I, I gave it a ten. I was like so enthralled after the first episode, thinking, this is this is really good stuff. And then it really did fade away for me after that and obviously terry's probably unwillingness to talk and probably go deeper into the more sordid stuff it kind of just become a bit of a uh terry ramsden promotion reel would would you would you agree with that andy um it's nice to know that he's still got his barnet i was trying to think of other mallets in racing <laughs> yeah, it's one of my off the wall thoughts, but if it, perhaps somebody can email, can put a few of those on Twitter. I couldn't think of many actually. Mullets in racing. Um, it became a bit of a monologue, didn't it? Yeah. And and whilst I'm all for the interviewer allowing the interviewee to talk, it just became an almost sort of ask one question, set him off, and that was it. Not that it wasn't interesting, and the, I thought the stuff about Katie's was interesting, the Cheltenham, you know, I'd forgotten, completely forgotten about Motivator and horses like that. I had to sort of go back and watch them, but it sort of became a bit of a monologue. But I think a few people have picked up on this point, and I sort of picked up, and I'm thinking, if you're such a mass withered, how did you go skin? You obviously weren't a mass wizard at betting, which obviously... You know, you can you can be a best wizard and not be too brilliant. Um, I thought it, in the end it became an almost a bit like I don't know if anyone has read the Patrick Veach book, um, and it almost sort of became a bit of a, as you said, Lee, a bit of a sort of promotion. Sorry. Yeah. I, I would have liked I would have liked more questions, but maybe as you say, maybe some things were off the record. You know, how would he have fared in today's markets, for instance? Would he get back into horse race ownership? Etc. Etc. Uh, I just I'd be interested to know if there were any sort of limitations on what he was asked. A lot of it was very interesting, and I, I you know, I, you know, you couldn't fault, you know, the the uh, and it, and and people like him are always fascinating with the sort of the balls out uh, and very ballsy approach to to, to punting. But there wasn't. It was like all those sort of books uh, or videos or whatever you want to say about personalities like that there's never a quite enough detail for me yeah i mean 
like to get the, the the gory facts, it's kind of news of the world stuff. I mean, I mean, I, I can imagine there'll be some absolute belters um, mm. that, that he's he's harboring in there. Um, John, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, he he did go on a bit in the end, you know. I mean, yeah, he always struck me as a, a person. Some, sometimes I, I think when you come up from nout, as they call it, you can end up with a bit of a chip on your shoulder. And I think Terry did have a bit of that about him, you know. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, well, I was this long haired. Yeah, well, we know you had long hair, Terry. There was a lot of people at the time had long hair, you know. Yeah, you know, but um, then some some of the more interesting stuff, you know, I mean, I'd like to wear a bit more about his time with Alan Bailey, Rod Simpson, people like that that could yeah. get a proper gamble, you know, and uh, whatever. You know, I mean, I, I know he had he had a massive gamble on a horse called Cry for the Clown at Ripon in a cellar first time up that actually ran in the Godolphin colours, believe it or not. Because it ran in all blue, which was at the time Alan Bailey's wife's colours. Interesting. Interesting. That's that. that how many? How many of you do that? No, I didn't. Not yeah. That's cracking from John. Yeah. Uh, like uh, you say. Like you say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like interesting things like from the the, the mid eighties onwards. You know, that were quite quite fun facts and things like that. You know, motivated to win the golden hurdle. You know. Curly's best ever arse getting killed in the same race, that type of thing, you know. Well, mm. There you go. Yeah. Catherine, I, I'd like to ask you um, uh, Ian Davis's uh, question here, because <laughs> Ian Davis, good listener of the show, and he's, he's in rant mode, full rant mode he's in. And he said, basically, racing posts, cheerleaders for the bookmakers, advertisers, <laughs> silent on the Sheikh Mohammed issue. Playing catch up all week after getting a humiliating lesson in an investigative journalism off, right, with BBC Panorama. And now, this is what it upsets Ian, giving a platform to Emmett Mullins. <laughs> <laughs> what, are we, what are we saying to that? Giving a platform to Dirty Emmett. I think, um, I think Ian's got a point, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, has no one in the Racing Post picked up uh can they not find out why poor voted the rock ended up where he did you know no. uh, i mean it's it's it, this this is a thing i mean for a horse of that i mean a horse of that sort of quality to end up yeah you know in a in a swindon butchers um yeah, is... not, yeah yeah i mean that the, the place is just a fucking disgrace anyway and um, yeah. i found it I found it very, very, as I'm sure a lot of people did. I was very upset watching that. It was very painful to watch. Um, and you do think about uh, balls to it. I can't support an industry that does that. But then you realise that yeah, actually you're probably only talking about 20% of the industry, hopefully lower. Um, but yes, there are, I think that there are a lot of questions to be um, asked on the back of that documentary and nobody seems to have asked them. Um, apart yeah. from, um, I know that Lydia put her uh, feelings in, in an article that I haven't read yet. Um, where, where are the follow-ups to this? Where are the tackling, the, you know, if you think it's wrong, why aren't you there tackling the BBC? Why aren't you asking Mr. Uh, Manure and, and Swade 
hang on a minute how did you not realize that one of your most pro- high profile horses ended up there um yeah. on, on ian's point about this irish racing bent yeah um but you kind of use it to your advantage absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. yes if you can't beat them join them so to speak Wait, well you know um, what, what are we gonna do about it we can't do anything about it no you know no. you've just got to kind You're, of just so well you can use this but yeah i mean the fact that the racing post continually seem to show contempt for the country for the country i meant aye, 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 aye. we've got the secret on boss yes and we've already been told on youtube we've got to have parental guidance and oh, uh, Lord, <laughs> you you said you point, never said point. you said i can't say that word and you've done it i've just done it yeah but it was it was freudian slip there I mean, they said, well, I, did, I haven't read the interview with Emmett Mullins, but I, I saw a snippet that he says, oh, oh, we've got these horses, Tom, Dick and Harry, but are not, mm. we're not going to turn them to the run. Is that not total contempt for the punter? I put them, yeah. in, I put them in my tracker, Tom, Dick and Harry. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't find them. I couldn't find them. It's just like, you know, oh, I just... Whatever you, you know, there are certain yards that you know what it's all about, and if you if you're having a go, you just use it to your advantage. But um, I don't. I mean, I know the Irish are saying, why is it only um, us and Gordon Elliott that's getting picked on from that? Um, I think that BFG, well, just done, done, done with that, done with that guy after that. To be quite honest. Yeah. Like you know, that's it's just it's just as Michael O'Leary. Well, done with him. What an arsehole. Um, but yeah, the, we need to be asking the double green as well. Like, why why did they move him from Henderson? And what like what the hell? Like why 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 did he end up there? It's it's an absolute disgrace. But that's that's not for this program. But yeah, I was uh, probably as close as I've come to jacking it all in after watching that but then yeah. you see then you see how others other yards operate and, but there is a massive wasting problem um i mean i was pretty disgusted to hear that what was it four thousand thoroughbreds end up in in an abattoir yeah that's probably about right i think yeah i yeah. a lot of that has to be um over overbreeding doesn't it, it has to be you know Foals that have something wrong with them, uh, two-year-olds, three-year-olds that aren't any good. But it's, it's still an absolute disgrace. And my, my head's still spinning a bit after it, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah. yeah. But in I, answer I think to the that... main question, yes, Irish racing is bent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then on the total bent. flip side, ours isn't much better. No, no, it's all... It's all... It's all, all trickery and foolery. Um, as we, as as those of us that's been in the game a long time, we we understand it, and that's the way it is. But it's all good fun. Um, right, we'll move on now to the fun part of the show, where you know we we hope to um, get, uh, give you some winners for the week. Um, I, I've got a, a nice couple actually, so I hope um, you you guys have, have have done your work, and our punters can be happy because after me and John put them in the gas chamber on Saturday. <laughs> um, we need we need a 
a big revival this week with a bumper week so we can plaster it all over Twitter and get more listeners and more followers, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So um, this week, the format is uh, that each of us will be giving our best three bets and we'll go around third best, second best, first best. And so I'm going to come to you, Andy, for any thought. Oh, by the way, good one for this week, as we know. We've, we've had a lot of rain today, a lot of showers. It's looking, it's, it's definitely going to ride soft, I would think, early week. I don't know if it'll dry out or have a chance to dry out, but it's definitely going to be soft earlier in the week. Um, so I'm going to come to you, Andy, first for your third best bet of the week, please. Right. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is the official going now is soft, good to soft in places. Didn't uh, know that. From the wow. excellent um, turf, uh, um, I retweeted it earlier today as a very good turf tracks sort of weather station site and it's got everything on it. He even gives he even gives details of the dirty word watering, but we won't be doing any of that for uh, now. But since midnight, they've had 32 millimetres of rain. So um, it has been, oh, yeah. I've just seen some pictures of floods in uh, my ex-homeland, which is North London. So mm. it's been, it has been chucking it down. The third best bet of the week, I'll, um, I'm going to sort of, go towards the end of the week um i'm going to go with um a, a charlie appleby horse uh, it is doubly entered um a horse called siscani who ran last time when he was fourth uh in the king george v at um over a mile and a half to shorefire uh who was trained by rafe or rafe, ralph or rafe um, <laughs> um just failing to complete a four timer i thought it was um, I thought it was a really good run. Um, he didn't get the best of trips last time out, having won his three, three previous races. The, in fact, the seventh, ninth and tenth from that race have all won next time out. The tenth home was just fine, who could reoppose him if he goes in the Thursday 150, which is the 10 furlong race. Although I think they looks like they're edging towards the Wednesday 150, uh, the first race on the card there on Wednesday, which is over 12 furlongs. He's still got a great voltageer entry. So I think Siscani to make up. He did get, um, he got a bad trip at Ascot. Um, he was still there with about a furlong out where um, Surefire ducked to his right and proceeded to uh, take him out. That's <laughs> right. Still yeah, stuck yeah, on well that. to be finished, um, finished fourth. Um, and I thought that was a pretty decent run, all things considered. Uh, and I certainly had him down as one of my um, horses I wanted to be with this week. As I say, he's in two races. The Wednesday 150 or the Thursday 150. Uh, I'd probably see uh, either race is fine for him, 12 furlongs or 10 furlongs. I say I'm still interested because he's got that great voltage, voltage entry as well. And the form of that King George V handicap is starting to stack up rather well from uh, Royal Ascot. Good stuff. Good reasoning, Andy. So that's Siskani in the hopefully Andy says you're running the 150 at Goodwood on the Wednesday, doubly entered. Also in the uh, Thursday, uh, 150, and all that great voltage entry, that's Siskani. That's the third best bet of Andy Richmond's uh, uh, week's preview. Uh, John, I'm going to come to you for your third best bet of the week. Yeah, my third best is also on the Thursday. Ooh. And this is a horse that I think can hit three figures this year, and it's Austrian theory trained by the Kilt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you get the yeah. kilt off. Okay. Get your kilt on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we've probably just found things happening a bit quick for him in the superlative last time out. Uh, prior to that, showed plenty of promise in winning his maiden first time up. 
Um, I can, I can see him probably bagging a softy spade here. I think there's enough in, the, in this that I'm concerned about stamina that he might just get a bit of a softy. Obviously, the kilt won't give 96-year-old Joe any instructions, but uh, I, th- I think there's a fair chance he'll, uh, he'll jump out and be fairly handy. And uh, as I said, I, I think he's, he's better than an 89 anyway, so I, I think you get a good run for your money with that one. So... So these, I mean, Austrian Austrian theories obviously doubly entered. In fact, well, that could be a tip in itself, John. He's entered in the vintage, yeah. uh, uh, the, the group two, and then obviously he's in the nursery. So that, that that's an interesting point to serve folks. Obviously, Johnson's thought good. He's good enough to go in a vintage, um, and yeah. And so if he goes for the nursery off eighty nine. John thinks that's that's his third best bet of the week. From, so. from memory, Lee, the kilt has got a very good record in those um, nurseries at Goodwood. Oh, sure he's at the sort of one, two, four, you know, from the millions he runs in them. But um, he's got a pretty good record in those nurseries. That could be that could be a really good shout from John then on Austrian theory for that nursery handicap at Goodwood is his third best bet. Catherine, I'm coming to you now. Fully a, diff- a different flavour. <laughs> okay, so. Um... Funnily enough, my minor rule at Galway. Um, so my, my third best bet is uh, 28 to 1. Runs tomorrow in the QR handicap. Um, it's an English Raider. Uh, Harry Fry sends over Letarali C. Uh, ridden by Anya O'Connor. Drawn one. Nicely drawn against the rail. Third in this race in 2019. Has been uh, something of an enigma. Uh, below par on lots of occasions both on the flat and over jumps but let's face it in these colors you never really know what's going on um the fact that they've gone back to this race and i think i don't think that it would be 28 to 1 come post time uh so that would be my my third best bet that's a very very big price yeah so literally c there it, uh, the Galway 6:15 race tomorrow. That's the uh, the, the QR stainer. Catherine loves 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 these Love the stain handicaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Th- I believe 33 to one in a place, Catherine, as well. Okay. So if you yeah, can yeah. link that 33 to one, literally see is Catherine's third best bet of the week. Um, my third best bet of the week. I'm going against uh, Andy in a head-to-head um, in the um, mile and four Unibet handicap. Andy's gone for Siscani. Um, obviously respect his choice they ran in the same race Nagano is my choice that finished just behind in sixth um, obviously um, Ascot um, has got a pronounced wide draw bias for the mile and a half um, and the first four drawn home were 17, 11, 21, 10 15 was the fifth horse the sixth horse was drawn two and that's Nagano um, I thought he again he was a bit unlucky in the run the same as Siscani uh, and I think, obviously, with that massive draw disadvantage at Ascot, the inside draw is terrible there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Nagano is very progressive, but I think he, looking at the some, some, it's very difficult because we, we we haven't got many early prices. Um, and he's probably quite short, and he's probably around favourite or second favourite, which kind of makes him my third best bet because I'd like a more juicier price. But but yeah, so me and Andy against each other there, Nagano and Siscane as third best bets. Right, uh, now on to our second best bet. So it's, get, it's getting hotter now, it's getting good, it's getting good. John, I'm coming to you for your second best bet of the week. 
We're going to have to have a chair cast in this 150 on Redmond. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, pleasant man. Um, yeah. Now, for me, and by the look of things also for Bobby, he clearly thinks this one has more to offer. He's left him in the garden stakes. Yeah. Uh, knowing full well he'd be bumping into 110 rated horses. So I think if he runs in this off 95, it either indicates that we've got a little bit up with sleeves or that Bobby Charlton has just got a bit more sense about him than might, might have been the case. Um, I thought he's got a shocker from Skidmark at Ascot last time. He, yeah. He's shown, he shown enough to me since he was gelded that he's firmly back on track and he's opened up plenty of improvement. And, uh, I think he can probably chase you out to one. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, again, it's strong. I mean, I mean, Dushan is a horse that I've, I, I obviously fourth in that. I love Dushan of of of, of the shagging shirts, um, and and it's it's good for me. All ties together closely. So, like you say, forecast and tricast, it could be a bastard special there where we're up with Siskani, um, we've got uh, Nagano and John with Pleasant Man. We're all going head to head there. We love it. Um, so yeah, forecast and tricast uh, for bastards punters there. I think John, um, Catherine, I'll come back to you for an Irish angle, and um, you can. Um, Certainly, wow is now with your second choice. Okay, um, I was a bit sort of, I was really caught of what to put from. I was, you know, I didn't know which one to put as second or which one to put first. But I think I think I've kind of done it. So, um, Galway on Friday, the two mile seven handicap hurdle. Um, Decor Elon Day of Noel Kelly's. Uh, you remember this horse coming fourth to Tyne Hill at Aintree? Um, has had. Um, a nice little spin out on the flat over a totally inadequate distance. This horse needs every inch of an extended trip. And he ran an absolute blinder at Aintree. He doesn't mind coming up the hill. And I think that he will win that two mile seven handicap. I'm just very interested to see who will ride him. Um, he's normally ridden by um, Norma Parlin. He was ridden by Jodie McGarvey at Aintree. And um, sorry, just trying to find a little bit. I did have a little bit more info on him, which seems to have disappeared under my nose. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, there aren't any prices or anything out yet. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to ride him and what his price will be. And I will be all over him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, only thing you'd just say um, for um, Dick or Erlande, you wouldn't want the ground quick or on the top no. side. Um, I mean, I don't think it will be. No, I mean it's currently currently good, but I haven't got any. I haven't looked for any going updates at Galway, so I, I, or weather. So, but I mean, Dick or Erlande is definitely his best. He's with, with a bit of cut. Um, so it'd be, it'd be nice if there was a bit bit of cut. But like you say, I mean, fourth to time ill. Um, uh, in the um, the Ryanair stayers at Aintree, I, I, he's, he's very strong form. Um, so an interesting choice. Decor Erlande for Noel Kelly is Catherine's second best choice. Andy, I'm coming to you for your second best of the week. Uh, you knew I couldn't resist the 
Goodwood handicap over two miles five, although they should stick a few hurdles in it and that'd be better. I, I, I've got one in here as well. Bit, so all right, okay. We're doing it again. Go right, on. okay. Well, mine's uh, for the uh, the Easterby duo, Spittin and David uh, Easterby, um, Elysian Flame. Um, he won earlier in the year at Newbury off a mark of, what, 91. Then he fell out the stalls in the Chester Plate uh, when he was fifth to the throne in Green Book. Completely blew the start and ran an absolute belter when he was third last time out behind um, Rashoon and MC Muldoon. And I've got a little aside on MC Muldoon in a minute, if I'm allowed, um, to because uh, he's got a load of entries at Galway this week. Um, but I thought Elysian Flame ran a, a really good. I actually thought he should be a, a, a would be a better hurdler than he has been over the winter. Um, but I thought he was. Um, I just thought he got badly hampered um, last time out, didn't gain a positive pitch. He gradually worked his way back into the race, but the winner was gone beyond recall. He was hampered again two furlongs out when he was just starting to make the uh, ground up on the leader. I guess you could say the race just didn't work out for him. Um, and he's generally held up in races of this type. And I think this two miles five will really suit him. I don't know they um I don't know they're gonna to get to ride him. I haven't seen if he's actually jocked up yet. Um but it'd be Dan, interesting Dan, to Danny, see. Danny All oh, right, well that's good. You can switch him off right out the back. Um I've got a feeling that he's just much he might not be as good a herder as I thought he was going to be. I've just got a feeling he just might be able to outclass this lot in this field. Um and I just think he's got a nice turn of foot at the end of the race. The the side issue here, I just wanted to mention MC Muldoon, who was second last time out, who, got a, who didn't get a great ride from Ryan Moore, to be honest with you. He's still got an Ebor entry. He's got three Galway entries this week, um, and I just thought he might be worth keeping an eye on over there. I don't know what Catherine's thoughts on that, if she's cropped up on MC Muldoon. He's, uh-huh. he's got two over hurdles and one on the flat as well. And I did think, looking further ahead, uh, immediately I'd seen this horse run. Um, he's in over 12 furlongs this week, but immediately I'd seen him uh, run second in this. I just thought he was just so much like um, Low Sun, Stratum and Great White Shark, all of which are in common as the last three winners that uh, Mr Mullins has won the sandwich yeah. with. And he just strikes me as one of those later in the year as a yeah. possible says horse as well. But um, I certainly think Elysian Flame will be uh, very... Uh, should be up there in that Goodwood handicap. So come on, which one are we going head to head with this time? No, that's a very, very good, very good shout, Andy. Um, I mean, like you, you are correct in your assertion that um, uh, when my selection Green Book, uh, I used to own this, by the way. Sorry, I might have mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, just shameful. Uh, so, so yeah, um, he 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 obviously won the race, made all with an armchair ride for Franny. And I, I totally agree because I'd backed Elysian Flame uh, pre-play, and it was a nightmare run, absolutely nightmare run uh, for anyone that's backed it. Just, just you know, just absolutely can can strike that run. I was very impressed when he when Elysian Flame beat Al Miguar at Newbury because uh, Al Miguar got the race in the bag, and Elysian Flame showed that turn of foot that Andy had pointed out to wear him down, um, and ran well, perfectly well, went third to Reshoon. Last time, like I said, he's probably going to be very, very strong form. However, um, Green Book, he's, um, he's a slow burner. Um, and I suppose I've not got the patience uh, to keep with him. And um, the, the thing for me was, 
Uh, when he won at Chester, I, I think he's very unexposed. He, he's gearless. The horse is completely gearless, but he can gallop. He could, he could literally, he could do 46 miles. He, he literally is. <laughs> he, he, he'll not stop. He's like Forrest Gump. Um, and the beauty with this Goodwood race is it favours the front end because it's very difficult to get the pace right. Uh, over this two five, you, you go down the hill into the turn, up the hill to get the breather in. It's really difficult for a lot of them to sort that of held up out the back to sort of get a get a handle of how quick they're going. So you know, it's not many races over over this trip. And the thing with Green Book is it goes from the front. And secondly, uh, that run in the uh, Queen Alexandra, well, you're quite amazed how he's not got put up. I mean, how has he not got put up? I mean, Stratum 112. The second horse, 91, fair enough. Grand Vizier, 105. Stagorn, 108. And Green Buckley's gone up two, you know, a, a token two. But I thought he ran a blinder in the Queen Alex. Um, and he's got the perfect running style for this. So Green Book, um, anti-post for me, I thought was a massive bet, especially with the weather. It's not going to be good to firm. So, you know, uh, he was my second best bet of the week. So me and Andy there, Elysium Flame and Green Book fighting out the finish. You know, the forecast for the bar, Stuart. Um, we now move on to your special six four ones, everyone, where you can, this is this is you can have a bar steward Yankee, all our best bets of the week. Here we come. And uh, I'm gonna start off with you, Andy, for your best bet of the week. Right. Well, I've got my shagging shirt on, so you know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, so um, um Stewards Cup, Hurricane Ivor. Um I, I mean I was, uh, I mean, he should have he should have won last time out. I mean, he yeah. got done completely by the draw last time out. I've had my eye on this horse for quite some while now. Um, and handicaps on the straight course this year have provided a, a rich source of, of draw bias and, and winners because of that. Um, and as with last time out when he ran uh, when he ran there in a pretty decent handicap, um, it was a heritage handicap. I know not which one, but it was sponsored by Betfred. Um, he was, he, you know, they split into two distinct groups. The slightly bigger group raced on the stand side and they filled seven of the first eight places. Now, the odd one out was Hurricane Ivor, who from stall two didn't have much option but to stay on the far side of the track, but finished well clear of his rivals within that group. He beat the rest of them by four lengths or more. Uh, and that was the second week in succession that Hurricane Ivor had been rather unlucky, having been involved in the Sandown <laughs> photograph debacle the previous Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was only beaten a short head uh, in this competitive heat by a previous course and distance winner, insignificantly. Um, he didn't actually go up an awful lot for that. Um, and hopefully you'll get, a, and over the Stewards' Cup, you're going to have to have a little bit of good fortune uh, with the draw, but I'm sure there's a big handicap in this. Um, I think he needs either a stiff five, which he probably got at Ascot, or a quick six, which you certainly get there. And in the light of his last poo performances, I think he's probably um, one to follow. He's got a six-pound penalty for this. He's in off 100. You need to normally be pretty classy to get in this race these days. He's one off 94. I almost consider him a winner off 99 last time out. Um, he won on his two-year-old debut when he was trained by Fabrice Chappay over in France, and he also won over six furlongs there. And he has one with cut in the ground, so if it does stay a little bit um, on the wet side or doesn't dry up, although the weather forecast doesn't look too bad for the week, I think Hurricane Ivor for the old shagging shirt <laughs> is um, my best bet of the week. 
fantastic. Uh, Hurricane Ivor for Andy, best bet of the week in the Stewards Cup. As I said, probably one of the, the unluckiest horses in training at the moment, having won the race at Sandown and possibly a bit desperate also to get beat last time. Totally see that. Um, I'm going to go for my nap of the week against Andy. Yes, <laughs> like we do all week. We may as well, we, we may as well stick, to, stick, to, stick to type and have three, our three best bets against each other. Um, Atalanta's boy for David Menuzier. Um, he probably won't, might not gain the race. He's, he's number 40 on the list. So basically, if you back your horse and he's balloted out, you'll get your money back. Um, but I strongly recommend an anti-post wager. Um, nevertheless, uh, he might go for the consolation if he is balloted out. But this horse uh, loves Goodwood. Um, basically, three from four here. Um, this is his track. Uh, he'll love cutting the ground. Um, goes with on a quicker surface as well, but just loves Goodwood. Um, absolutely adores the place. And um, I just think Atlanta's boy is capable of an enormous run at a very, very juicy 20 to 1 plus. So that would be my best bet of the week at the prices. I love it. I love I love this horse at this place. So me and Andy go head to head in the stewards. Right, I'll move on uh, to Catherine. Your best, <laughs> best bet of the week. Okay. You'll love this. You'll love it. Um, so I'm very pl- I just looked at the weather for Galway and rain is forecast every day. So okay. um, hopefully that that spells good for uh, Decoil on day. So my best bet of the week is in the closing two mile handicap on Tuesday, the Latin quarter handicap. Now, I know when I said like I like top class flat racing, I do, of course. But well, another thing I love about flat racing is the filthy Irish long distance <laughs> flat races. They are absolutely superb. Um, if jumping was to cease, then I would just have to concentrate on those. But anyway, so um, I'm going with Crown's Major of Emmett Mullins. I'd guess. Um, yeah, it's superb because obviously he won the two mile bumper at Punchestown. He's had two, he's had three spins on the flat, fourth, third, and third. Goes back to two mile here. Now, if you read the race um, reports for every single one of his flat runs, it says, kept on inside final furlong. Funny that. Um, Mm. He's put Sam Ewing on board here. Obviously, Sam's fantastic, and he takes the five off. And I just, yeah, I just think it's, it it just, it's got a beacon on it, hasn't it? Was that the one called Tom, Dick or Harry? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think this one must be Tom. (laughs) So crowns major and you haven't got long to wait folks because that's on the Tuesday, Tuesday and we might be desperate by 8.15 at Galway after we've all done our puddings in um, at Goodwood on the slop um, it could be like Catherine Fry to the rescue with a, with a, with, with a lovely last minute Galway when it's a save the day <laughs> and, the gin, gin, and the gin can then flow so crowns major a very good nap from Catherine Fry, 8.15 Galway in the Latin quarter handicap to save us all on day one of the, uh, the Goodwood meet. John, so I hope you've not fallen asleep. I haven't forgot yet. I have saved the best till last. So, John, your best bet of the week. Uh, the best bet of the week for me is Trushan in the Goodwood Cup. Ooh. Um, some people might have been a bit disappointed with this in the... Pittman's Derby, I certainly wasn't. I thought the Pittman's Derby was run a little bit like the Melbourne Cup, where they, they go up to sleep halfway around and just crawl for six furlongs. And I think that caught him out a bit. But I think back 
on the turf surface with a nice bit of cut against a rival, it could be said, is in decline. Um, I think this goes there with a very, very bright chance. And really, if you take out Stradens around Priestley, I don't necessarily think the race is that deep. Um, well, I, I think this is a fairly solid book, to be honest. It's a nice light season. Should come here in good order. And uh, I'm rather happy to rock along with Holly Doyle winning the Stuart uh, Goodwood Cup. Good stuff. True Sham, John's best bet of the week. Uh, Saron Priestley in opposition. Ground's possibly on against that. Um, Spanish mission in good form. Um, obviously third in the Gold Cup. And obviously Stradivarius that um, John feels is possibly on the wane. Um, I, I actually felt that everyone was crying unlucky uh, in the in the Gold Cup that, that, that Strad had, you know, had an unlucky sort of uh, passage, which he did. But, you know, I didn't think it made... An enorm the difference that so sort of blogger was saying it made, um, and and yeah, so so I, I I think John's made a good choice there. In true Shan at seven at seven to two for the Goodwood Cup. Any other business in any of the bigger races? Any anyone want to touch on any of the uh, bigger races this week? That uh, any opinions? Uh, yeah, I've got one on the Galway hurdle. Okay, go. I think I'm I'm kind of being a bit of a blogger blogger and stallion here but um belfast belfast bands is currently favorite at um at, at nine to one uh but i thought to do the Cheltenham Aintree double uh when the grade one at Aintree, i think this could def this is definitely within his sights um the improvement in form um was um you know <laughs> yeah you know, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> the carrots, um, yeah. Yeah, the magic. I hope he's had some um, more magic carrots inserted, because um, I, I think if he has, then this is this is definitely on his radar. Uh, but one that I think could be slightly interesting at a bigger price is the former winner Tudor City. Um, now he, he sort of it was absolutely woeful after he after he won. In um, was it 2018, 2019? One of those he won, and, and just his form completely tailed off. But it also corresponded at the time that Tony Martin was having a terrible time. Things are a little bit better for the Martin stable now, and he's he's actually been running not not badly on the flat, um, and he's he's had a few spins to warm up on the flat, and comes back to the go the Galway hurdle and is 33 to one. So I think that might just be one to just keep an eye on at a bigger price. Good stuff. I mean, what, what's happening with Belfast Banner? He, he was a right pig. He kept pigging it week in, week out, you know, dogging it. You know, he was trading at like 1.2, 1. 1.1. 1. Yeah, you know, you name it and, and, and dogging it. All of, a, all of a sudden, does the entry Cheltenham double? Way size through at Cheltenham as well. You can pick him out at the top of the hill and yeah. you, you, watch, you watch his passage. And then I didn't I didn't expect him to, to follow up at entry in a grade one, but yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Taking the form book literally, magic carrots aside, um, it has to has to. <laughs> no wonder he's yeah, saying. absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, okay, Catherine likes Belfast banter in the Galway hurdle. Um, a blogger tip, she says, but I mean, me and John, me and John came up with blogger losers Saturday, so I mean, we, we can't shout anything. Uh, anything, anything else from anyone else? Um, I, I mean, the the Sussex Stakes. There's, there's another, there's another shagging shirt one I'm quite keen on. 
Um, which almost made the list. Dubai Honor, who thought ran a, a really good race last time out. He's in the um he is in the uh he's in he's actually also in the one he's in that one fifty <laughs> on Thursday as well. Uh, I, nearly sort of, I nearly sort of thought about him. And there's an old friend of old friend of ours running, Pablo Escobar is running Ooh. as well. Um and another sprinter I've sort of I don't think he'll get in the um, Stewards Cup, Bickerstaff. Well, he ran a yeah. really nice race last time out. Certainly a horse I'm keeping an eye on. But he would he would be in the consolation. He'll be in the consolation. If he gets into that, I think it'd be quite interesting because I think he's a definitely a horse I'm keeping an eye on. And there's one, one other one I've kept an, a close eye on. I don't think he's going to get in, though, uh, the race he's in. Master Zoffany, one of uh, Richard Fahey's. They're all sort of on the... Uh, they're the, they're the named horses on the tracker at the moment, apart from Tom, Dick and Harry. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Still Good, stuff. <laughs> Good stuff, Andy. Um, John, anything else from you that you sort of took your eye on the week? Not really. I, I, I wasn't really liking creative thought in that seven furlong race. What, the Len- is it the Lennox? Yeah, I'm somewhat concerned about the draw, though. I think the, a rails draw might just knacker things up with the doiler riding um, and uh, I think I'll probably end up back in King Ross small each way instead because there's very little chance of that one trying for a run up the rails off a third end draw. Well, King, King, King Ross will love the ground as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, that will love the ground. So I, that will, that's eight to one currently. That won't be eight to one come post time. Pretty certain of that. Right. So I hope you've got all our bets. We've clashed with a few, but that's good. That's good. It might it might coincide with your views, and then therefore it might boost your confidence uh, to go forth and uh, blast some cash on. Right. We'll be back. Uh, me and John uh, ourselves on Wednesday. We'll be covering Goodwood um, uh, Thursday and Friday. Just having a little look. We just do a little short show. Just 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 mid 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 meeting. Um, and apart from that, we'll be back on Friday as usual and Sunday sermon. We we hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks to Andy. Thanks to Catherine. Thanks to John um, for for the input tonight. It's been grand. And we'll be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>